Oh man. All right. Wednesday, December 30th. Um, you're leaving tomorrow. Yes, I am. Going back to New York city. Sadly. I I heard you've been crying all day. I have been. (laughs) My eyes are all red and just depressed. (laughs) I was not looking forward to going back to miserable weather and, um, but not just that, you know, obviously I've, I've had, I've had a lot of uh, great memories here with you guys and, um, just exploring LA and also meeting new people and, uh, really getting away from everything and recharging. That's, that was my whole initiative to come out to LA because New York was kind of wearing me down for a little bit yeah. from COVID. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> who knew I'd come into the belly of the beast, um, to LA when it was kind of at its peak. That's true. Which is where it's at right now. And, um, it's it's nuts. I came two days before indoor dining, uh, outdoor dining closed, and it's been it's been pretty crazy here. But aside from all of that, I still was able to have a, a really good time, and and again spent a lot of it with you guys, you and you and Key, and uh, I'm sad to be leaving tomorrow. Yeah, it's been a really fun time, and I think we always joke about this, but I think we've been seeing each other every day almost for the past. I want to say 11 days, 12 days now, probably going on. And, um, it's been really fun for me, you know, obviously, um, I've been here three, four months, which, uh, you always make sure to remind me of. And it's crazy how much of a difference it makes when you're in a new place with uh, friends and people that you can kind of rely on and hang out with, because that makes it just that much more worthwhile. So I've had a really great time with you so far. Um, and it's always just really crazy to think that we've only known each other for five months, I think it was, um, when we looked at the calendar yesterday. Yeah, we look at it every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the point of today's episode is really, obviously our, our relationship and, you know, we became friends this year, which is definitely a highlight for me. But going off of that, I love to just reflect on 2020 and I think as tough of a year it has been for you and me and I'm sure for everybody listening in I think it's still important to acknowledge what's happened whether good or bad be able to think about what's happened and maybe using these experiences to forge a path forward right Mm -hmm. of what you want to do in 2021 even so maybe you can even start with with January or just early this year you know what, what you're up to before kind of been March and then even just leading up to the summer and yeah. you know how your year has panned out. You know it's funny when the new year started I was actually in New Zealand on uh, in January? Part, yeah in January yeah part wow. two of my, my trip. I was there for a press trip in wow. December um, to promote the lamb in New Zealand. That's amazing. Yeah and then it was, it was honestly one of the best trips of my life and you know, I was there for two weeks for uh, the press trip and then actually a week for the press trip. And then I, I stayed about uh, a couple of weeks in Australia. And then I went back to New Zealand to drive up the South Island. Wow. And then back up, you know. So this is basically all of January, sounds like. Uh, about three weeks of January, yeah. And wow. I was coming off a high and, you know, all excited and recharged and ready to come and start the new year. Excited. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the best year. And it actually started off really great, to be honest. January was pretty awesome. Um, as soon as I got back, kind of got right back into the grind of uh, going to restaurants again, seeing my chef friends and owners, 
um, meeting at my own friends for dinner, you know, going out to eat. Everything was fine. It was great. Um, and then March came around. <laughs> yeah. What, what about you? And, and what happened in January for you? January, February. For me too. I mean, we, we didn't know each other back then. Um, but for me, January, I, I think I was working at Atomix, you know, which is, uh, um, I feel like people should know it by now. I feel like I've name dropped this so many times, so I'm not even going to bother explaining the restaurant. But I was working in a restaurant as a maitre d'. And, uh, you know, aside from that, I think for me, I was kind of setting myself up to have a really interesting year for myself too. I thought this was going to be the year finally where I kind of branched out from restaurants and and, and did a lot of other interesting things, meaning more so like um, pop-ups with, with Hormonk, um, just other like events and community-based um, activations and also I was getting involved in a lot of nonprofit work actually with Apex for Youth and we had a gala coming up in April and so they actually um, Wen, Wen who's a, a terrific friend and mentor she's a co-founder of um, 30 Watt Philip Lim which is a fashion label but she reached out to me I was like hey you know we we love working with you and you, you know could you be a part of the gala committee I'm like yeah sure and that was such an honor and a privilege for me to be a part of such a such an organization and I thought Wow. Okay. So this year, I'm going to double down on nonprofit work. I'm going to continue to network and create my own kind of tribe and circle here in New York City. And uh, I'm going to really take this with warm welcome thing and, and and see where I can take this. So January was was very much that. And then you touched a little bit about February. I think February for me too it was just really smooth sailing in the sense that like, you know, everything was great. I think I had finally actually hit my groove at, at work too, at the restaurant, meaning I became really familiar with uh, our, our menu offering. I felt very comfortable in my position. Um, people were finally kind of recognizing me and maybe even thinking about me when they thought about the restaurant. And, you know, you always want to be at that kind of a level too when you're working on a place like this. So um, just Really happy all around. In February, actually, we did a pop-up. We ended up doing a pop-up for With Warm Welcome. It was the second Prefix for Youth event. It was amazing, man. At Vanda. Yep. Yeah, as you know, mm-hmm. our, our our really great friend, uh, Yen, the owner there, and she hosted, co-hosted with me, and we actually brought together three different restaurants, and it wasn't a coincidence. It was very intentional, and I wanted to just do females, female owners, and all three were just... Uh, a dynamic duo of female owners, right? And in chefs. So it was the dynamic was basically a female chef and a female owner. And these restaurants were a Besso, uh, which, you know, you're friends with as well. Besso was just a Japanese restaurant uh, in Noho. And then Kopitiam from Moonlin and Kyo mm-hmm. in, I want to say, Lower East Side Chinatown area. Yeah. And then obviously we just spoke about Vanda um, when Hannah was still there. Chef Hannah was a part of this. So that was in February. It's kind of crazy to think about. That was this year. Oh, it doesn't feel like it was. Yeah, it this feels year. like forever. Yeah, it feels like it was a year or two ago. But um, that was February for me. And wow, I mean, this was the second time doing a pop up event. And I had expressed this before on the podcast, but really felt like that was a calling for me. Mm. It's like, all right, this is cool. And I had, at that point, man, in February, I had already planned out like three more events this year. Yeah. In the summer, in the fall, and winter. And they're all going to be themed around. A cuisine, even like I wanted to do like a Vietnamese one, and you loved it, right? I mean, loved it, loved it. So that was February for me, and it seems like for you too, you, you were kind of in, you know in the groove of things, and yeah, things were great. Things were, as things were fine. Yeah, it was just like back to normal. Yeah, you know, um, I, th- I think we started hearing about COVID, right? Yep. But then <clears throat> you started hearing that it was 
coming coming over. It didn't seem as serious, to be honest. No, no one was taking it seriously, to be honest with you, yeah. in, in the States. Um, but I think it got serious, obviously, in March yeah. when they decided to close, uh, was it It was indoor and outdoor? Uh, yeah, just every, the whole yeah, city. It was, yeah, it was closing, Everything. basically it's, lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mid-March. It was funny, leading up to that trip, too, I had a, sorry, not leading up to that trip, leading up to, to March, I had a, a press trip to London for a cruise. Wow. Or in England, rather. for Happening in March? Yeah. Wow. And I was I was actually set on going, because it was like, they were flying me first class, and, you know, it's going to be this really cool, you know, trip on a, a new cruise ship they were launching, and I was like, I'm going to go, man. And I, I told my friend about it. And she goes, you're crazy. You better not go. Because this is when COVID was like really, really spiking everywhere, especially in Europe. And she's like, I'll be really upset if you go. And I, yeah, I, it was pretty convincing to me that it was best not to go. So, And I'm glad I did because it got really, really bad over there. And, and cruise ships were like, a, you know, the worst place you could possibly be for that during that time. So... Uh, so I, that that was March, obviously, and I think one of the things that I remember most about when COVID started, especially in New York, was that, um, and I had mentioned this earlier too, my mom had sold her restaurant literally the week before restaurants shut down all across, like you know, the East Coast, I guess. Yeah. And she was complaining to me how it was such a a pain to. It was like such a hassle. The, the owner, the new owner, was rushing her to sell it. Oh, I see. And hand the keys over. Oh, I see. And she was complaining to me. But when you know, after the fact, you know, like I said, when the restaurants closed, I said, "Mom, you're so lucky that you were able to sell this at this time because it was the worst time ever to to have a restaurant." Um, and I'm just grateful for you know for that for her. Not you know not not for the other you know obviously everyone else, uh, but. You know, obviously for my mom, I was happy that she was able to retire. And if she still had the restaurant, I know that it would have been my problem. <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in many ways. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that was kind of monumental for me. But at the same time, you know, I was extremely sad to see what was going on in the, in the industry, and especially with my friends. Yeah, I mean, mid-March, wow. Um it was tough. I think we all didn't know what was going on and what we're going to do. And um, I had never felt that way before. I always felt like getting into the restaurant business, there was always going to be use for my skill set. What was so lucrative, not lucrative, but what, what was so enticing to me about the restaurant business was the fact that like, I could kind of work anywhere in the world. I think hospitality business is very universal and global. Everyone's, everyone's going to eat. Everyone's going to stay at a hotel, right? Those are the, the essentials, right? What is it? Food, shelter, water. Yeah. Get, I, we have all three in a restaurant, right? Um, it's kind of a second home. So I always thought it was like an untouchable industry, to be completely honest, before COVID. But then I think COVID completely turned everything upside down. All of a sudden, a restaurant was like the hot zone yeah. for COVID in terms of just the, the physical activity, people eating without a mask. And there's been tons of studies now that have been done about how it travels in the air because of poor HVAC systems. So you take that and also now, you know, I remember actually, just to bring this a little bit back, we were open that first week of March because we were able to, but but people were aware of the virus now, taking it semi-seriously. And I vividly remember someone coming in the door as I was greeting them. And I looked at the, at the guest and 
I try to feel the guest out and see what his comfort level was with, with COVID going on uh, as early as March. Um, because I honestly didn't know how to interact with this guest. Am I going to reach out and give him a handshake as I've normally done for the past, I don't know, seven, 10 years that I've known hospitality? Or am I just kind of going to say hi, welcome in and without any kind of a physical acknowledgement. But for me, that phys- that physical touch is so important, mm-hmm. I think, in hospitality. Um, so that was my first sign of like, wow, okay, this is this is interesting. This is different. Did you shake their hand? We did a little elbow thing that has become fairly popular now. Um, a little elbow bump. It yeah. wasn't the same. And yeah. I think from that point on, it, I, it was difficult for me to wrap my head around the fact that like, wow, I cannot do the things that I have yeah. been almost trained to do um, that has become second nature to me. And yeah. I, I find myself trying to stop myself from, from you know, giving out a handshake or whatever. Was it, uh, did you see any decrease in business during that week? Yeah, there was a ton of uh, last minute cancellations, mm-hmm. a ton of um, people just calling in and saying, hey, we can't make it anymore. Um, and there was a lot of shuffling around with reservations. I remember like I had to fill last minute seats to, to, the, to the minute, maybe like 10 minutes before service, I had to fill them out because a couple felt uncomfortable coming out to eat or dine. Yeah. And I think as the days weren't on, more and more people were hesitant about dining in because they wanted to, they were taking this a little For bit sure. more seriously with, yeah. with caution as they should. But I definitely felt that and saw firsthand that uh, this, this was going to be something really serious. Yeah. Um, so that was March. Yeah. yeah. And then full lockdown happened, right? Yeah. So March, April, um, that I mean, was, what were uh, you doing? Or were you, I was, you know, I, I was home, right. Uh, for the first couple of weeks, just going out and getting groceries. But I also went into the city um, I have a like an electric scooter, so I'd ride over the bridge and ride into the city. And I remember vividly riding like down Broadway and like all these big streets in Soho. And there was parts where I was looking around a whole 360. There was nobody around me. Yeah, it was insane. Right, riding through Chinatown, Little Italy, not a person in sight. It was like it, it was like a movie mm. and. It was uh, crazy to see, but also very peaceful, you know, and um, peaceful and sad, obviously. Sad for all the businesses and sad for everyone that's like suffering. Uh, So it was was difficult. And I just remember it being so impactful. And I was like, God, I don't think I'll ever see this again. But um, I just remember that vividly riding, riding through the streets of all those different neighborhoods and seeing everything closed. Um, and for me at the time, you know, March and April, I was just home cooking a lot, still, uh, helping my clients with their social media accounts for restaurants. Uh, that's what I do. And, um, you know, trying to keep them kind of keep, keep their, keep their followers like in the know because, uh, at the time social media was the only way they can communicate to their you know, f- customers. So I was just very hands-on with my clients at the time and that was keeping me busy. But, you know, for me, it was just about, you know, keeping my clients afloat and, and staying, you know, staying healthy and staying uh, home. Yeah. I, I can't imagine how busy, it, it's funny. I think that you and the work that you do was probably really in demand at the time because I think, social media was very important actually at the beginning of this because that was the only way to keep 
in the know about what restaurants were doing to maybe support their staff. I remember the GoFundMe pages happening and um, it was a little disheartening because I felt like the restaurants that were great at social media and had that following were able to really capitalize on their audience and be able to then kind of take them to the GoFundMe and raise a lot of money as opposed to maybe a, a restaurant that didn't really utilize social media. So that was actually, that's when I realized, I mean, I always knew the importance of social media, but I think this pandemic, yeah. especially in March, April, really opened my eyes. And I'm sure a lot of restaurant owners and operators that, hey, social media is important to a degree where I saw three mission star restaurants. There's like restaurants that typically don't have an Instagram page. Oh, yeah, super busy. Suddenly had, or yeah. setting up Instagram and, and doubling down on it. They have it, to, you know, and that's the only way. Yeah. So and it's still important today. I honestly. agree. Even more important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, go into May and uh, say summer, yeah. super quiet. Yeah. May and June. I remember, um, I had canceled another trip to South Carolina for, for wow, another yeah, press trip. a lot trip. of trips lined up this year. Yeah, I mean, that was also like when things were kind of like improving a little bit and it was still like, they were like, uh, they're taking all these precautions, but. There was a little bit of like hope, I think. Yeah, I was, I was set on going again. You know, I, you know, I was in my mind, I was set on going. And then in South Carolina, the numbers were spiking. I see. Again, right before I was leaving and I made the decision the week, the week during the trip not to go. It just wasn't worth it. Um, and uh, it sucked. But, you know, after canceling that, it was a lot of uh, home photo shoots, a lot of brands sending stuff over and photographing products at home. And uh, it, was, it was cool. You know, people were sending me like free steaks and stuff and produce. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of still staying at home, social distancing and trying to just wait it out. My hair was getting ridiculously long at the time trying to find a, a buzzer online I couldn't find one anywhere they were like out of stock yeah I haven't got this is I, you know this is like two months in now without a haircut and finally I bought one off of eBay for like 70 bucks when it retails for like 40 wow and uh, oh man I, when I got my the, the clippers I tried buzzing my own hair you did it was awful <laughs> it looked like a friggin I don't know it was a wild animal <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do like a small little pocket mirror while looking and cut my back and I showed it to someone. I think I showed it to my friend. And she's like, I was like, does it look bad? She goes, yeah, it does. I was like, no, come on, like be nice about it. She goes, yeah, it really does. <laughs> this is the first time you, you, you cut your own hair? It's the first time ever. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really bad actually. <laughs> but it felt good. I had clean sides. A bowl cut, you know, kind of choppy in the back, but yeah. hey, man, I was uh, my hair, my, my my head could breathe again. Yeah, I think that that's like as long as people were, could hold on. I think like June, July, people were like, all right, we gotta we gotta get our hair fixed or do something about the hair. Yeah, but you know, this is also when um, yeah, I felt like June and July was also like uh, things were a little bit better, mm -hmm. right? And I was starting to visit more restaurants. Uh, Supporting them with takeout. I, I think I want to say like outdoor probably came around like July ish, right? If I yeah, I think so. I think it was yeah, July. Like yeah, late, you're right. Like mid mid, yep. mid to late July. Yeah, I, it was like my around my around our birthdays actually. You're Mine's correct. July six. Yours is the thirteenth, I believe. Uh, no, sixteenth. Sixteenth. Thank you. Sixteenth. Oh yeah, six and sixteenth. Easy to remember. Yeah. But either way, around that time. Oh, don't be upset. That's no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting yours into my calendar. <laughs> 
May, June, no, July. No, you're right. Yeah, it was, it was, it, you're right. It was outdoor dining. So I remember New York City was pretty popping uh, during the summer. I want to say yes. Outdoor too. dining. Like yeah. it was actually pretty good. It was energy. actually nice. Good People energy. were putting a lot of effort into their um, setups and outdoor patios. And it was like, I don't know, man. I feel like Asia sometimes where. Well, like in Europe, you know, like Copenhagen the yeah, summer. People, yeah. Like alfresco dining. Exactly. Europe, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Europe, not Asia. They're uh, they eating. Everyone's eating outdoors. Very fun atmosphere. And it felt alive actually in the summertime. Yeah. And then um, fast forward to yeah. August. Well, even before you get to August, because okay. you, because you need, you, you dropped Asia. I, I, I personally was in Asia. Oh, that's right. Time. You went to, so I was in Asia, May, June, July. And when I say Asia, I really mean Korea. And I was in Korea, May, May, June and July. And that decision was also for me, I felt like my skill sets were, weren't as transferable, um, as maybe getting into social media or, or, or other lines of work. Now I feel like I figured it out, but back then I was just kind of in, in the dark and very, very, very hopeless in many ways. In March, April, I literally just stayed home. You know, I was home. And that was, that was different for you too, because, you know, having work in restaurant hours, right. And that lifestyle of, of being at the restaurant all the time. And then all of a sudden just being home. Oh, I didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be like a huge, I never spent that much time in my home and, and it was so weird. I was like, I was finding things in my house that I never knew I had. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. So that was fascinating. But, um, in any case, my dad's out in Korea and, uh, I made a decision in May, uh, late May, because I, I just made, I, I made a call, which was, I felt like indoor dining wasn't coming back for a little bit. And Atomix, they never did outdoor dining because of a myriad of issues and sure. reasons. They only do indoor dining. Yep. So I, I, I called my boss at the time, Elia, and I was like, hey, Elia, I'm thinking about going to Korea. <laughs> and she told me, she told me, she was really nice about it. She, this is what she said. She's like, okay, just come back. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'll come back. And um, I flew out maybe a couple of days later to Korea. And man, it was a different experience in the sense that um, Korea had a really down pat with the app that you have to download, which they still do uh, yeah. upon arrival. A um, tracking app, right? Tracking app where you have to report your temperature and your status every day for 14 days that you do self-quarantine. Mm-hmm. Once I was out of self-quarantine, um, life was very normal in Korea in the sense that Korea has never been on lockdown actually this entire year since, since COVID started, they've never been on lockdown. All they did was universal mask wearing. No reduction, no reduction in indoor dining or anything. There was like a, maybe like a 50% decrease or Mm -hmm. something like that, but they they never shut down anything, which I find so, uh, admirable, but also I think the citizens again, really took, they, they, they took those words to heart and, and really followed them to the T um, and anyway, so when I was there, that's when I get my got my hair cut. Wow! I went to a barber shop. I went to the barber shop to check my temperature. They gave me they so they gave me a bag for the mask I, I wore, and then they gave me a disposal mask from them. And they're like, all right, this is the one you can wear. So when they're when you know after your haircut, just throw it away. Oh, nice! They had to figure this out. This was like May. Yeah. You see, you businesses in, in the U.S. doing it now and, and and really thinking about this, but Korea was doing this early on. And so for me to get kind of that kind of a, a see where this could have been also gave me hope um, thinking like, wow, maybe we, we can also manage this in, back in, back home in America. Um, so it was really nice to spend some time with my family. Um, and then I came back with a new, new pair of eyes. 
Oh, you got eye surgery. As one does when you go to Korea, you get a lot of surgery. You, you got some surgery done in Korea. And uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing, um, what is that? Nothing uh, cosmetic for just, me. Just your eyes? Just my eyes, I, I promise. <laughs> just some LASIK. Sure, man, your skin yeah. looks really good. Just, just, just some LASIK. Really tight. Um, just some LASIK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very cheap over there. And so I was able to take, take an opportunity to do that because, um, you know, I had nothing going on. And, and when you get uh, LASIK done, you kind of, you, you, you're, you're basically useless for a few days. So I just kind of stayed home. Um, so that happened, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, very eye opening. And then I came back feeling very refreshed actually. Yeah. And, um, rejuvenated because okay. I had seen what it, what this could be and we, how we could manage mm. the current situation. So I came back really just guns blazing. I'm like, that's when I started the podcast again, actually. Mm. I'm like, all right. This, I felt like at the time, that was something I could do. Were you excited to go back into the restaurant industry? Or well, well I, never, I never got a chance to work in it uh, when, I, when I came back to the US because even then we weren't doing, indoor dining wasn't, wasn't there yet. So when I came back, I think I came back, I think we, you, we, you left off your story around August. I came back around August. Okay. And we met actually, or I had you on the podcast August 1st. August 1st is our anniversary. Is that, <laughs> that is our anniversary. <laughs> August 1st. Well, August we met and I was, in, I was back home in, 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 in the States. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, after we met, we, we, we talked again on the phone yeah. and realized we had a lot of similar. Maybe in just a few days after the interview. Yeah. I mean, we. I don't even, do you remember how that like worked out? I don't, I, I don't know. I think we continue after the interview, we talked a little longer. Oh uh, yeah. And then, that's what it was. and then we, I think we probably called each other a couple of days Something or like that, a day yeah. or two later and, and chatted and we realized we had a lot of things in common and, um, very similar to a very, very similar approach in life, I guess, uh, on what we wanted to do and, uh, the people we wanted to be around and the people we wanted to help. And that's when we discussed friends and family. Yes. Right. And, uh, we wanted to do something to help our friends in the industry mm-hmm. and feature some of our, uh, some of the restaurants in the East village area who are also our friends and, and awesome restaurants. Uh, so we did a series of what, nine, nine or 10 nine, restaurants? Yeah, nine. And we're all within the span of about a month. And we did that with Dan, Dan on. Yeah. Uh, who's awesome. Shout out to Dan. And yeah, that was, that was cool, man. I think that was, you know, we talked about it and made it happen like a week later. Yeah. Right. And I mean, what was crazy about that project, and I still remember to it to this day, which was I think we finalized the shoot in like a day, and we just shot everything in the matter in the span of two days. Yeah. And the month was just us turning it around, editing, and think figuring out how to how to best present this um, semi documentary situation. I mean, the, the whole purpose was really to highlight and spotlight again, the chefs and restaurateurs and what were, what they were going through at the time because it was so unprecedented yeah. and we wanted to show it through their lens. Right. Um, so that, that was a really great project for me. And I think that was the beginning of a turning point for me personally, where I felt like, wow, I actually could play a part here, make some sort of a difference, um, in, um, you know, trying to alleviate the situation or at least help tell more stories and, um, you know, I think meeting you was, was was a big saving grace for me, man. It was just just, just a huge turning point in, in terms of Same. how mentally I thought about things too. Thanks, man. Same. Yeah. 
Um, and then fast forward, what's after, what, is there anything else that happened in August for you? Because uh, that friends and family thing did that was that was all of August more yeah, or less. Yeah, man, that was the highlight of August for me. Honestly, yeah. we we became really tight and uh, saw each other probably seventy five percent of August. Yeah, I want to say so. There was that whole week we we literally met every day. I think so. That was fun, man. That um, was fun. That was my August, man. That was a high, that was a super highlight for me and, and uh, of the year, I would say. Uh, then you know, fast forward to September, and I you know just looking through my notes and my calendar for me September was very heavily focused on Chinatown Mm. Uh, you know Chinatown was always my focus you know from early on Mm -hmm. you know my uncle has a barbershop in Chinatown and um, I frequent a lot of restaurants I just Chinatown has a lot of great memories for me and you know they were suffering since February and Jan remember and it's just like painful to see so in August, uh, I was very heavily involved with uh, working with Lanzo Hand Pulled Noodles. Yes. Uh, running their Instagram and helping them out kind of behind the scenes. And uh, also working with awesome organizations like Send Chinatown Love and Welcome to Chinatown. So it was just a lot of that. And uh, it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. And my goal was to try to help to save Lanzo. But unfortunately, you know, they decided to close. Um, yeah, I just remember it was a lot of going back and forth to to the city in the month of August for me. Mm. What about you? I mean, I think at that point, um, after our project had kind of uh, ended or we finished the project, this was around the time that my lease was coming up in New York, actually. Mm. And so I had a decision to make. It was a very hard difficult decision, which was, am I going to renew my lease and stay in New York City, or do I take this opportunity to maybe move somewhere? And um, <laughs> as many people, if you haven't listened to it already, there's a previous episode <laughs> called the Hey, How's LA? <laughs> so I'm not going to even bother talking about, you know, really how LA is and how it was. But yes, I, that's around the time I made the decision was was around August. Yeah, it came out. And I came out September 1st, actually, to, to LA, scope it out, sign a lease, get a car. I mean, it was actually a pretty pretty crazy week for Changes me. Changes your whole life, man. I went uh, furniture shopping. Yeah. I love furniture shopping. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see his room. It's, I it's love uh, West Elm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was September. Yeah, I remember vividly when I was here in LA, we were still talking almost every, every day, actually. Almost, sometimes even at like a length of like two to three hours was just on the phone and we've gotten very close yeah that September we got really close even though we were very far apart and I remember having a lot of conversations about you confiding in me about AD Lanzo and, and, and things you're doing and how you can help and I, I remember confiding in you because I was a little bit kind of lost and confused about my new situation being in a new city with really no one that I knew so I think September was a pretty big transitional moment for the both of us yeah, in many ways sure. um Fast forward to October is when outdoor dining, uh, indoor dining actually reopened That's in New true. York. Yep. And it was a big deal. It was and a big deal. People were, restaurants were a little excited. I think they were very excited to, to serve indoors again. It was a glimmer of hope, right? Yeah. It was, you know, it was only 25%. But I remember for me, I was going to some of my favorite restaurants, you know, Otto Mix, Jua, uh, both really amazing Korean restaurants mm-hmm. and, or Korean inspired restaurants. And, uh, 
a lot of other places. And yeah. it just like, it felt normal again, uh, semi-normal. It felt good to, to eat indoors again, to be honest, and to be served. And um, But, you know, of course, everyone's got their own different viewpoints of that, right? It's to everyone's different comfort level. I felt comfortable. I felt that the restaurants were taking all the precautions to make everyone feel safe. Uh, it was actually, for me, a nice feeling, you know, to eat with friends again indoors. Um, what about you? you? Yeah, no, I remember. Um, so I, I went back to New York to visit. I never really got to do do my goodbyes, and there were a few things I had to tie up. So I remember going back the last week of September and that first week of October, and I I just coincidentally happened to be there when indoor dining was coming back. Actually, so I remember we went to Angel Share um, yeah. that week, and you're right, I. I I have forgotten that feeling of just being with friends and the company of friends and then also just the service aspect of a restaurant that I very much missed. And uh, it was a good feeling in many ways. And like you said, people had different comfort levels, obviously. But um, us having access to restaurateurs and chefs and talking to them on the daily, I knew that they were really, really putting an effort and honestly money and time into building the infrastructure, whether it's updating the filters or... Um, just building entirely new outdoor structures with heaters and yeah. things of that nature too. So, um, yeah, I felt safe and, 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 and I actually felt like October, I was like, I was, I was, I thought I kind of saw the end of this too, in some sense, like the, the light at the end of the tunnel and, and thinking, wow, you know, it's there, this, we're yeah, onto something. There was hope. Yeah. Um, and then that, that 25% capacity stayed for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, started getting cooler and at this time to be honest for me i was getting a little burnt out you know just from everything happening you had a lot going on i had a lot going on yeah i mean i didn't talk about it here but you were helping out yeah there was a lot of stuff going on in my personal life and just and work life and i was getting mentally kind of drained and burnt out and i really needed a break and um an opportunity came up to for a press trip in jackson mississippi and I, you know, I, I've always loved the South, but I, I never thought of going to Jackson. And uh, after doing some more research and talking to the people down there, it seemed very appealing. And also it seemed like a nice little getaway. And I was struggling too to determine whether or not it was safe or not to go and with air travel and everything. But I, I felt comfortable enough to do it. And I felt that the city was taking precautions and I felt like the airlines were taking some precautions, but, you know, uh, I made the decision to go, right? And then also at the, at the same time, I was bringing one, one of my friends from LA with me, uh, Jesse, and um, he was in New York and we flew from New York to Jackson together. We spent about a week there and then flew to LA at the end of November. So I got here to LA on the 23rd of November and I've been here since. Yeah. So it's crazy, don't want to leave, but yeah. So that was my uh, last two months of the year, and uh, for me, it was, it was you know Jackson was was an awesome highlight. It was very unexpected. I didn't know what to expect. It was great food, great people. Coming to LA two days before in, uh, outdoor dining is banned or closed uh, for a while, and um, you know my whole purpose to come to LA was to recharge. You know, kind of like why you went to Korea, and. The weather helped a lot. Um, you know, being being around you and, and Jesse was very helpful. 
so you know, my my mind was clearing up, and I was feeling a lot better mentally, to be honest. And then um, December was uh, even busier. I got a, a cool opportunity with the government of Japan, working on a campaign for promoting Wagyu in the U.S., and that's been keeping me super busy, you know, up until today, even, and it's going to keep me busy for the next few months. But yeah, that was pretty much the ending of my of my year, and it's it's it ended on a high note. I that's think. great. Um, very lucky to be busy and lucky to be around you guys uh, and, and experience something that's pretty cool that's been happening that we touched on yesterday, right? And yeah. yesterday's last podcast, but I want to let you expand on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the, the, the podcast that we recorded yesterday that you're referring to is going to come out on Monday as people are listening to this, but um, that's, been, that's definitely a high note for me, but even kind of taking it back for me, I feel so lucky and so blessed and so grateful. I think I went through, just to sum up this year, and maybe for you too, you, you could take the time to sum it up, but started like just another year. Like Actually, it wasn't, it wasn't another year. For me, I thought 2020 was really gonna be my year, which I'm sure everyone thought as well. Like I had a lot of things planned and it sounds like you did too. So I started really strong in thinking and hoping that this was really gonna be some sort of a, a, a game-changing year. And then March, April, May, honestly, I was just really depressed and just, I, I lost sight of focus and, and, and of things because again, I felt like I lost my purpose and I was no longer able to do what I could, what I have been calling my job, my passion. And then I went to Korea for a few months to recharge. And um, I just want to make sure I highlight the last two months for me, like I said before, lucky, blessed, grateful because of the people. And I've been very... I, I just, to be around you, but also I just want to spend this time to, to acknowledge like um, our creative director, Esther Cho, uh, has been just this like, I call her my fallen um, copywriting angel. She's a terrific. And, um, you know, she's just as you were my saving grace in August and helped me really turn things around. I think Esther is another monumental person in addition to the team, but also for with one welcome, but she, because she just really gave me another perspective on this project and she had reached out to me and we talked and she has officially become a part of the team in November. I want to yeah, say she's awesome. And she just made with one welcome much, a much more enjoyable experience for me and, um, and hopefully for people listening in and, um, very motivated now because of her, cause she pushes me to, in, in really great ways, actually. She does a lot behind the scenes. And, so much uh, behind the scenes. A very, very big part of the with, with Warm Welcome right now. So much behind the scenes. And I uh, can't say thank you enough to, to, to Esther. <laughs> almost too much. You know, it's funny. I, I was on to her today, too. And uh, I, I talked to her almost every day. And I, no, every day. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, almost every day. And I'm sorry, Esther, if you're listening to this. But uh, um, really appreciate you, obviously. And then Soi, who has been our art director and illustrator also, um, I had a chance to meet her, actually, through uh, our friend of ours. And uh, you know, she's been a great addition, too. So like she, you said, man, it's, it, started, it started on a high note and then kind of a, I, and then a low note, if that's a, that's a term. A low note, but then ending on another high and note. And then ending on a high note. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's life. It is life. And I think that for both of us, you know, um, we, we both had to pivot and kind of find new ways and new things to kind of 
uh, to challenge us and to you know do things that we want to do, right? And um, I think that's for a lot of people out there, actually. Uh, people who aren't working right now, especially, who aren't sure what to do. And, um, there's a lot of uncertainty still. And I think that now is a good time to, to take chances and to do things that you're really passionate about. Mm. Um, why not, right? It's like, what do you got to lose? If you, especially if you're not making money, like uh, figure out other ways that you can. And uh, it's got to make stuff happen. I think the best opportunities and stories actually come out of crisis. Mm-hmm. And one of the things as I was reflecting on some of the episodes that I had uh, the pleasure of interviewing a lot of these chefs and restaurateurs, a ton of them actually graduated during 2008, 2009, during that financial crisis. Yeah. And a lot of great things actually came out of that horrible thing. And I think when we go through an, uh, like a time like this, mm-hmm. when we're pushed to do things out of our comfort zone, a lot of great things could come out of it. If you come, if, if you go, if you run towards it mm-hmm. with intention and just great energy and vibrancy. Yeah. I think about that a lot recently. I saw something on Instagram about just good vibrancy, just like the, having good vibes. Yeah, I think also when people are pushed up against the wall, right? Like yeah. now, like when you're, th- when you feel like you're at rock bottom and you're like, what, what am I going to do with my life? Yeah. Or what can I do next? Um, some people perform at their best, actually, and come out of it and and do great things. Uh, and for people that don't feel like that, you know, I know it's not everyone that goes through that emotion, but I do think that when, at least for me, from speaking from personal experience, experience, yeah. When I was at rock bottom a few years back, uh, for personal things, for personal reasons, yeah. what got you out of it? Uh, it was a mental kind of change, you know. I was like, you know, I'm tired of feeling like this every day, and, you know, coming home and feeling just depressed and listening to like sad songs constantly. I was like, why am I feeling like this? Hmm. I don't want to feel like this. Hmm. And the only person that can change it is me. Mm. There's nobody. There's nobody to blame. There's mm-hmm. nobody to like, kind of mm-hmm. uh, fault, and you know. And it's just me. I'm by myself, and I just got tired of feeling like that. And I said, if I can keep on sulking and keep on feeling like crap, or do something about it, and that's what I did. I had a, it was a whole mental change, and I took more chances, and I did things that I was afraid to do, and wasn't afraid to fall on my face and fail, uh, as long as I learned from it, but. Yeah, I took chances and I just did things. You know, I picked up a camera and started photographing and started just doing things I loved. And I love photographing food. I love meeting people. And now it's become a career. So um, it's very cliche, but I, I always say do the things you love and it doesn't feel like work. And, and that's what I encourage everyone, all my friends, to continue to do things that you that you love. And it really will kind of turn into a something bigger. Yeah. There, there's two things that I want to touch on kind of going on top of what you said, which is one, um, that change is something you have to make happen. I think is a very important lesson that I learned to myself just very recently in the last few months where I'm here in LA and I kind of expected things, meaning like I expected things to work out or I expected people to reach out to me and, 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 and kind of show me around LA. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's really about the work that you put in and also the the effort that you put in because, you know, 
there are no handouts and um, it's really up to you in many ways. The other thing I want to touch on, right, is I don't want to glorify just being busy and overworking. I think that if you have been able to make it to the end of this year, healthy and safe um, and sane to a certain extent, you did a great job. Yeah. You know, like- It's a tough ass year. It was tough for for so many reasons, not just not just COVID, but like a lot of social unrest. And we went through so many things that we have never gone through before as, as a society, um, such a turbulent year. And that's, that's something I just wanted to make sure I've, I voiced on the podcast too, is if, if you, you know, if you didn't do anything crazy this year and maybe it was obviously not what you expected it to be, it's there's always next year and the year after that too. So I don't know. It, it's hard. It's very easy to be hard on yourself, right? I think yeah. you're like this. I'm like this too. We're we're our kind of harshest critic, and and we just beat ourselves down so much. But sometimes you got to pat yourself on the back too, man. And it's like you know what? Good job. Yeah, I think we did. We accomplished a lot this year, man. And uh, I think there's a lot to be proud of. And I, I do firmly believe that 2021 is going to be a great year for for both of us mm-hmm. and hopefully for our friends too. Um, I think that honestly, like I said earlier, this is the time to to do what you want to do and to not be afraid to take chances. Just go for it, you know. As I told you earlier this afternoon on, during our hike, I was like, don't let mental, don't let any type of mental obstacles get in your way. Uh, you know, a lot of great ideas, but don't, don't just let them sit in your head, you know, like put them to action. I think the, the, the next few months, just heading into the new year is going to be very difficult for a lot of restaurants and, and chef owners and just our industry in general. So, you know, we're, we're here for you as well. And, you know, I, that goes without saying, but I, I, I feel it important to say anyways that, uh, we as a community, and when I mean we, it's you know me and myself and and Ben and our team at With Warm Welcome. Like I real I, I know that I realize that this podcast and this community, like community that we're trying to build, they wouldn't be here without the restaurants too, right? So, yeah. um, this is just an open invitation. If if you ever need anything and you're in an industry, um, whether you're an owner or maybe you're an up and coming chef or anybody that's trying to do something, and oh. you know you need. Not even guidance, but you want to talk it over with somebody or a sounding board. You know, we're we're here for you. We're just a listener. You know, like honestly, any anyone out there, if you ever feel alone or or just have questions about anything, honestly, we're here for you. And um, not just saying that either. We we really we Arnold and I talk about this all the time. I think this is a time to lean on each other uh, as friends, but also uh, just everyone should be helping out each other, and together we can always we can succeed together if we all work together. So whether I know you or I don't know you, but if you have an issue or a question or a problem, you know, feel free to ask us. We're, we're more than happy to help out. So um, not just saying that, but we really mean it. And you can DM me at Stuff Ben Eats and Arnold at With Warm Welcome. You know, anything, honestly. And we'll be here for you. Thanks, Ben. I feel like... Um You've gotten significantly better over the last few episodes, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. And I think you're a terrific co-host. So I didn't mention this, but I am, I am, you know, I'm so thankful for you for this, for, for being a part of my life this year. And I think that's one of the few 
kind of um, really high points for me personally. And as he's mentioned too, I think you just have to continue to surround yourself uh, around people and don't be afraid to reach out. But um, as, as hard and difficult as this year has been, and as I'm sure for everyone listening in, um, on behalf of the team at Withform, welcome. You know, we really hope that the new year brings you first and foremost health, but hopefully happiness along with that. And we'll be here for you, you know, regardless, whatever that looks like. And we're so excited to continue the work that we're doing. And we're so open to feedback as well and hoping to make some sort of a contribution contribution to um, keeping this community alive and thriving. So um, I, I know and I'm confident that we can do this all together and it, it takes a village, right? And uh, I am really happy to be here with Ben, with Esther and Sohi and um, you know, we're really, we're really ready. We're ready to create hopefully thoughtful content and um, you know, do, do whatever it takes to further amplify the stories that we've been amplifying so far. So happy new year, wishing everybody health and happiness. And uh, we'll see you next week. Happy New Year, guys.